Welcome to the Fearless Mom Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Mary Westcott, a mother, wife, and mom boss. This podcast is all about helping women to build a path to chase their dreams while becoming a greater version of themselves. Every Monday, join me as I will deliver a strong dose of inspirational topics from how to become a priority in your life to creating a strong bulletproof mindset for success. If you are a busy woman on the go who is in need of a simple pick-me-up, a dose of inspiration, or motivation, look no further. Come join me on the Fearless Mom Tribe podcast. Looking forward to meeting you soon, beauty. Hello, my fellow mamas. Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Mom Tribe podcast. Super excited to have my special guest, Dana Baker. Dana is a parent and teen coach specializing in ADHD and anxiety. She gives parents the tools and support they need to understand and navigate these challenges so they can parent more effectively and connect with their child. Simple shifts and techniques will allow you to parent with confidence and handle the challenges with grace. You'll have a peaceful home, a closer relationship, and your teen will be set up for a better success with life skills and resilience and self-advocacy. As a teen and young adult coach, I look at their strengths and challenges and goals and make a custom plan for them. She targets the core impairments of ADHD, such as planning and time management, goal setting, organization, and problem solving while teaching them how to advocate for themselves, develop resilience, manage their emotions, and increase their self-confidence. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am good. It's a bloomy day, but hopefully it gets better. Hopefully the sun comes out a little bit more. (laughs) I have the sunshine gracing me right now, so I'm happy. (laughs) That is the best thing. I love sunshine, clear skies, blue skies, all the above. So Dana, one thing I want to ask you, so can you give us a little bit more of a background about your coaching, about ADHD, anxiety, and tell us a little bit about how parents can cope with that a little bit? Yeah, I am. Um, so a little background. I am a parent of a child who has ADHD and anxiety and some depression. And my way of moving forward with that and figuring it out and getting her the help she needs and then trying desperately to get me the help I needed and there wasn't any is sort of how I came into this business. And when your child is struggling and you don't know why, or even once you have the diagnosis, it's really hard. It's hard on the family. It's hard on the family dynamics. It's hard on the siblings. It makes you feel kind of lonely. And there was no, I got her help and we got her help and it was great. You had medicine, you've got therapy, all that's really good. But there wasn't anything for me as a parent back then. So I kind of decided, well, I need to learn everything I need to know about this and support myself and damn it, I'm going to go support other women and other parents. So that's kind of how I did this or why I did this maybe. So ADHD is an executive functioning disorder. So that really means that it's, it has hyperactivity sometimes or hyper-focus. It's got, you might have exaggerated emotions. So big emotions, kind of a weak impulse control. So you're kind of impulsive. And then there's also a lack of focus, which most people are, are most aware of. A lack of focus, a lack of time management, it's actually time blindness. You have to teach your child like what 10 minutes feels like and looks like because they just don't know. So it's complicated and yet 
it is something that you can get help for and you can help understand and navigate it so that as a parent, there are ways to communicate that are different because the brain is different if you have ADHD. It sort of focuses on yourself. So imagine if you're a kid saying, what about me? What's in this for me to do, right? So you're a parent trying to get them ready for school and they're just not doing it. Well, here's why, because their brain doesn't work from following directions particularly. It has to have a dopamine hit. So that means it needs to be excited first thing to get it started. So getting started is often the hardest part for kids with ADHD right. uh, or anxiety. It's overwhelming, right? They look at whatever it is they have to do and they're like, uh, I can't, I don't, I don't know where to start. Even right. cleaning your room, instead of saying, go clean your room, it's make your bed after that, put your toys away, <laughs> you know, just yeah. little simple things. And then they can really relate and do it. And they feel better about themselves because when you're not doing anything right all the time, right being, you know, in quotes, right. that self-esteem takes a hit. All you're getting is this negativity from your teachers or your parents and this downward spiral. And that's really hard for kids, you know? Yeah, that is actually true uh, because I have a nephew who has ADHD himself. And so I've known him. It's my husband's nephew. So, you know, mm-hmm. by marriage, yeah. Um, yeah. but I've known him since he was two years old. And so, you know, he started to develop those type of you know, actions where he will lose focus really fast. I mean, granted, two-year-olds are, are going to do whatever they want to do. You know what? <laughs> yes, but that's as the he trouble. Got old, you don't know which it is. <laughs> right. As soon as he got older, and to five, six, and seven, now he's nine, it's been a very hard focus on him. So one of the things I've learned through child development when I went to college for, you know, you have to get down to their level, talk to them, and tell them different things to do instead of just say, Hey, go clean your room. Like you said, like you have to give them certain steps and make it fun for them. Because if you make it dull, you know, they they're going to be, they're, they're not going to do it. They're just going to sit there and act like you did not say anything to them. Totally distracted by something right. else, by any object. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that brings me to another point. So when you said um, that your daughter has um, anxiety, you also mentioned that she also has depression and ADHD as well. So how does that work for her? And what have you seen that helped you to actually get her the help that she needed? So it manifests pretty differently throughout her life. Um, when she was really little, she had the big emotions. She had tantrums all the time. She had stomach aches and headaches for school. So when I came home, I had a job that made me travel. When I came home and picked her up from kindergarten one day, the teacher said, oh, good. Now that you're home, maybe the stomach aches land. And I'm like, what's stomach aches? No one told me about stomach aches. Right. So, you know, you definitely can see that in, in the younger age, right? Uh, also, right. what if questions? What if this? What if that? What if your plane crashes, right? right? Again, we want our kids to be curious, but once it kind of morphs into that, your, your bells should go off a little bit right. for anxiety. As she got older, it was more like social anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So speaking in class or going to a party or to a meeting or anything that she didn't know people, right? So, you know, and friendships are hard when you have ADHD or anxiety because with anxiety, you might cling to your, you know, best friends, which is great sometimes and sometimes not. Uh, Middle school can be tough. Right. (laughs) Um, And with ADHD, they often have only one close friend, or they go through friends. So they're in a group, they're in another, you know, and oftentimes that is because 
people who are not neurodivergent don't understand. So when you let's say blurt things out or don't wait your turn or are talking about you, which are all sort of symptoms that can come up in ADHD, that's hard as a friend, right? That's not what you're looking for. So right. they get pushed out a little bit. Yeah, it comes and goes in different ways. And then her depression was literally, I just don't want to deal with this. I don't, I don't want to be here. I, I don't want to do this. I remember sitting on the floor of the laundry room with her, holding her hand as she was crying and having a meltdown. And this was teenage years or middle school or whatever. Another time I was lying on the floor in the bathroom with her. She just cried and said, I don't want to be here. All of these things are devastating as a parent, right? I mean, just right. devastating. You want to do everything you can to help your kid. And sometimes you're not the one that can help. I was able to help her. I was sort of her lifeline. You know, she, she always says to me, well, congratulations, mom, you're welcome for your new career. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So, that is awesome. Yeah. So I got her help. We got her help. We got her on medication, which you know, a lot of parents don't want to do. And I totally get that last resort type of thing. On the other hand, if you have a headache and you take an Advil, why on earth wouldn't you take, have her take something that doesn't change her personality. It just makes her level, right? So she right. comes up a level instead of being buried under all this yuck. So that was really helpful for her. Life-changing actually for all of us, really life-changing almost overnight. Wow. It was crazy. And also CBT. So cognitive behavioral therapy. I found a great therapist that she really loves and she's still to this day, you know, when she had a hard time in college last semester, mm -hmm. and she called her up and she's like, okay, I'm struggling. Help me. Right. <laughs> and that's so, awesome. you know, that's really great. And it's wonderful to see your child thrive, which they can do. So many parents worry, you get this diagnosis of any of these things and you're reading it and it's, you know, a thick, <laughs> thick file. And you think, oh my God, my kid is never leaving the house. She's never going to have a job. She's never going to have a life. This sucks. And that is where the overwhelm for the parent comes in. You're like, I don't know what to do next. How right. do I help this person? And the therapists, they can't tell you that because they don't know. They're not, they're not specializing they're, in these things. So they don't have that, right. they don't have that information. You know, and it's also tough because one of the things that comes along with ADHD, so all of those things often come together. So there's a 35% chance if you have ADHD, you'll have anxiety. But there's also working memory issues, which means that it, you know, let's say math, God couldn't learn her times tables or couldn't remember a phone number. And it was just mm -hmm. a phone number she used every single morning to call a friend. So those are things that can be a struggle for them. They feel stupid. So getting that diagnosis is a relief for them as opposed to overwhelming for them. Uh, it's a relief. They're like, I'm not stupid. And, and as a parent, you've been telling them that their whole lives, but that's different, right? Right. So, and then they can learn how to access memory or also understand that, okay, that's not a strength. I have a, I have a brain that is a muscle, right? It needs practicing. Right. So how do I practice these things to make it stronger in the areas that it's a little weak? That is awesome. Wow. I learned so much from that. Like I didn't <laughs> even realize that my brain is like, okay, so that's why as you were talking, I was like, oh, that's why my nephew does what he does and says what he says and who he is as a person. And, you know, my nieces, they are also, some of my nieces have ADHD and autism. So I, mm -hmm. I'm around all of that. So I, I understand very well about all of that. And I am very, very 
a true supporter for anyone that has ADHD, ODD, and all those things because I've been around it. Yeah. But since with all of that being said, as you, I want to ask you, how is your self-care as a mom, as a woman? <laughs> how, how, how are you getting along with all of this? You know, now I'm great. I actually, I really love this stuff. I love working with, well, I have clients now from age 12 to 50, literally all in there wow. with different things. And I love that because I have lived it. So I understand it in a way that a lot of people don't. And I can help others with that. And I kind of think how I really learned how to take care of myself. That was probably not a strong point of me. My, my strong point is helping other people, like putting other people first. And I would probably say I shove my own stuff under the, under the rug a little bit mm-hmm. as a whole. But I guess learning helped me a lot, right? So really diving in and doing all the education about this and learning why it happens because that shifts. So, so one thing that is really important that I remember is once you learn about anxiety or ADHD uh, or depression mm-hmm. and why it's there and how it works, mm-hmm. you're not as frustrated when you see that's how it's working. So when your kid is lying to you or not getting their homework done or doing their homework and for God's sakes, not turning it in, hello, right. um, that's really frustrating as a parent. And you know how important these things are. You don't understand why they're not doing them. And I've told them a thousand times. So once you actually understand that this is why they're not doing it, because their brain doesn't process multi-step directions, or because they need that dopamine hit. So you need to use humor or a challenge or a timer or you know something to help them start. And once you kind of understand that, for me, I found that I didn't get as frustrated, right? It brings that level right down because it's not their fault. They're not purposely not listening to you. They're not purposely right. lying to you even. They're just, right. they're being them and that's the brain they have. And I need to learn how to handle that both for me and to communicate more effectively for them so that they're able to thrive and they're set up for success with scaffolding instead of again more oh my god why didn't you do this and you're 18 how come you're not you know doing well in college or why didn't you get your thing done right that spiral that just doesn't help anybody so i think i think education and learning and understanding getting that compassion and learning tips to get them going and to help them lifts that frustration lifts that annoyance and lifts that guilt of oh my god what have i done wrong how come i can't listen to me (laughs) Right. Oh, yes. That makes so much sense because back a couple of episodes back, I actually brought someone on that is in the similar field that deals with mm-hmm. all of her family, like literally all her family, except for her has ADHD. Her husband does, her son does. And my husband does too. Oh, dear. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Bless your guys' hearts. Um, yeah. So, you know, she was saying the same thing like, you know, you have to not necessarily change your life completely, but find what works for everyone in the household. So like for her, for her son, you know, she actually put certain things instead of just a dresser drawer, she actually had a clear dresser drawer where he can Mm -hmm. see his clothes. Cause when you tell a child with ADHD, and I just learned this, tell them, Hey, go put your clothes in the dresser drawer. They're going to look like where, where's, where's my clothes? I, I don't know where that's at. 
you know? And so she found a way to make it easier for him to be more organized. So not only she tells him the specific thing to do, but he can find it also. So that's very helpful that you actually mentioned all of this. And one last question I have is what is one big piece of advice you would like to leave with the audience? I would say teach your children life skills and how to self-advocate because if they don't know how to do that and they go to college or their first job or the army or wherever they go after high school, you're not going to be with them anymore. And although we know that and understand that, and it's for every child, uh, those skills to be able to talk to an adult, to be able to ask for what you need, to be able to have that confidence that it, this is who I am and I'm great as is. And here are the support systems I need. How do I get those in place for myself? Those are just such important skills. And without them, it's really hard for anybody to thrive because you just flail. Imagine going to college where there are a million distractions and no structure, right? right. So that's the worst. You're like, <laughs> Overwhelmed. So, right. So teaching them little things, using timers, using lists when they're younger so that it's not you telling them each time, it's here's your list. Brush your teeth, wash your face, go to the kitchen. The kitchen, make your breakfast, eat breakfast, go to your bedroom, go get dressed, right? Those things make life easier for both anxious people, depressed people, people with ADHD, because it takes the thinking out of it. Develop routines, and then you don't have to think and you're just getting it done. And that takes the stress off of everybody. And as they're older and they go to college or they get a job, they can support themselves and tell their boss, I need this or, you know, or college, I need some help. Right. So I think that's what I would say is, is giving them independence when you know it's really hard to do. It's even harder with them because they, they don't take it necessarily without you kind of pushing them a little right. bit each year, go a little bit more independent so that by the time they leave, they are fully independent human beings. You're still there to catch them. You're still there to, to support them for sure. Um, I mean, Kylie and I, my daughter, are so close. Right. And that's really important. But it's also important that they know that you believe in them, that they can do what they need to do for themselves. That is amazing. Oh, my gosh, that is so heartfelt. Because as you were just saying all this, I was just thinking, like, my mom did that for me. With me and my little sister, she made a big, huge um, list. So like cleaning our room, um, doing the chores, you know, so she will have those big topics with subtopics of underneath them. And then if we did everything each day for those days, not even just allowance, just something new, like, like a new a book treat. or something, just a treat, yes. you know, ice cream Sunday, whatever. Yes. And you exactly. know what? Exactly. I didn't mention that, but that is huge. Parents, rewards are really great for kids with ADHD, but don't make them at the end of the week. If they're little, it needs to be, did you turn in your homework today? Great, there's a point. <laughs> right. And you know, you can decide when the rewards are, but again, dopamine hit yep. means a reward would be reward. wonderful for them. Yep, and that makes so much sense. Thank you for sharing. This has been such a valuable and inspirational episode. I absolutely love this. I'm actually going to go back and take notes. So I know what to do <laughs> when I see my nephew and, and my nieces and my sister and all of them. But I want to thank you again for coming on to the show. Thank, thank you, you for 
Yes, absolutely. Everyone, thank you for tuning in today on the Fearless Mom Tribe podcast. And I will talk to you guys soon. Okay, this episode was so amazing. Wouldn't you agree? Want to hear more episodes like this? All you have to do is subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss out on a guest episode just like this one. If you found value or inspiration today, don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes and or feedback in the comment section. Looking forward to talking to you soon, beauty.